Hey, Drew Dixon from Love Lanyard, back with you for another Bible Thump, and we find ourselves in Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 32, and I'm going to read, and basically what I do in these Bible Thumps is I just read a little bit of the Bible and then talk about it, and hopefully you find it helpful and encouraging on some level. So this is Mark 13, beginning, sorry, Mark 14, beginning in verse 32. Then they came to a place named Gethsemane, and he told his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake. He went a little farther and fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Then he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake for one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once again he went away and prayed, saying the same thing. And again he came and found them sleeping, because they could not keep their eyes open. They did not know what to say to him. And he came to them a third time and said to them, Are you sleeping and resting? Enough. The time has come. See, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayal is near. All right. Um, So... A lot going on in this little passage, um, a lot for us to unpack, but um, I don't want to, like, unpack everything so much as just draw out some some quick, uh, helpful, I think, encouragement and a a challenge to us as well. So um, Jesus is nearing the end of his death. Sorry, the end of his life. He's... Death is imminent, right? He knows he's, he's been talking about his death. He knows he's going to be betrayed. He knows he's going to be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they're going to find a way to have him put to death at the hands of, of the Romans. That's coming. He knows it. And in light of that, he's praying, God, take this cup, this, this trial, this ordeal. That's what the cup refers to as this difficult uh, mission, job that God had given him to go to the cross and suffer for our sins so that we might be redeemed. Jesus is going to do the work of redemption, but it's not going to be easy. And so he commissions his disciples to stay with him and to pray. Pray about what? Pray for Jesus's strength, to pray for his focus, to pray for his um, strength to endure this trial. Jesus wanted his disciples by his side. Remember, Jesus is God in human flesh, but he's fully man. He is a human being just like you and I who has weaknesses and fears and, um, uh, you know, um, would be looking at this impending suffering with a great deal of anxiety. I mean, clearly we see that in this passage that Jesus' heart is anxious, which I think tells us something about life in this broken world. It is full of anxiety, and that anxiety is not like sinful. It doesn't mean there's something like uh, irreparable about us or that we're messed up beyond repair. Like anxiety is part of life in this broken world. The fact that Jesus faces it is encouraging because it says that our anxiety isn't necessarily like sin, right? It's not It's not necessarily evidence that there's something um, we've failed at, but it's a part of life in this broken world. And Jesus um, faces this anxiety by looking to the Lord. What does he do in the midst of his anxiety? He goes to the Lord in prayer. So I want to say three things about this passage that we learned. First, Jesus is committed to the hard work of redemption. Um, he asked God to let this cup pass from him. It, he was sweating drops of blood up to this point. Like, he was not doing well. He was really frustrated. And, um, yeah, he... He is going through... A, a really difficult time, and it demonstrates that um, redemption is hard work. 
It's hard work. It would not be easy for Jesus, but he's committed to it. So I think there's a challenge for us here. Are we committed to the hard work of redemption? Are we committed to the hard work of going to our friends uh, again and again and again and being a source of love and support and comfort and being um, someone who points them to Jesus again and again and again? Or, like the disciples, when it gets difficult and there's the potential that we might be thrown under the bus or that things might not go well for us. That's the temptation for the disciples. That's why they're falling asleep to some degree or that, you know, that's why they'd abandon Jesus at the, at his last hour. Um, because uniting with Jesus and associating with Jesus could mean difficulty for them. Um, they're not prepared for this difficult trial in the same way that Jesus is. Redemption is hard work. Um, and joining Jesus in the work of redemption is hard work. We need to ask ourselves, are we committed to that? Or when it gets difficult, are we falling asleep or falling away? Um, that's the challenge here. Second thing I think we see in this passage is that redemption is costly. Following Jesus is costly, but it's worth it. Um, so, yeah, following Jesus is going to cost the disciples a lot. Um, but they eventually decided they were up for it. But in this moment, they seem to be questioning or, or, or struggling. So um, is it worth it to you? What might you need to give up to commit to Jesus, the way of Jesus, and his work of redemption? That's the hard question I think this passage calls us to ask. The third thing I think we see in this passage is really clear, and it's that we, human beings, um, broken human beings, unlike Jesus, Jesus is not spiritually broken. He's human in every way, but he's not spiritually broken like we are because he's without sin. But um, us human beings, sinful human beings like us, like Peter, James, and John, but us included, we're weak. We're needy people. We don't always do the right thing, but not only that, like we, um, we so often fail, we so often fall short of living for Christ and his kingdom and 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 living uh, for his glory and and for staying committed to his kingdom work, we're weak. Um, so the question I ask you is: Do you recognize that about yourself? Do you so, see yourself as spiritually in need, as weak, as needing the help that only Jesus can provide? I think that's what this passage calls us to, and that's a good thing because when we see our weakness, what do we do? We look to Jesus for strength. Jesus said, I don't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. He says, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are sick, right? His point is, do you see yourself, it's challenging us, do we see ourselves as spiritually needy? And as people who need the help and spiritual sustenance and guidance that only, that only Jesus can provide. Do you see yourself that way? That's a good place to be because Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. He wants to serve us and lift us up. Seeing ourselves as weak is a good thing because it opens our eyes to the reality that only Jesus can sustain us and guide us and see us through to the very end. Make sense? Um, it's kind of counterproductive to think of, or in our minds, counterproductive or counterintuitive to see ourselves that way, but that's, that's totally what this passage calls us to. And it's really good news because in the moment of our weakness, Jesus is there to lift us up and give us purpose and dignity and, and to open our eyes to our greater calling and to see that the work of redemption he wants us to join in is totally worth it. Do you see that? This is really good news. I hope you see it that way. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week.